we have officially reached the end of the offseason, or not really the end of the offseason, the end of the active part of the offseason. Summer League is done. Everything's in the rearview mirror. It's time to get to it. It's time to talk about everything about this Orlando Magic team as we look ahead to what should be a very exciting 2024 season. It's time for a live mailbag episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are sorry. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is July 19th. It's the evening that this episode will run on July 20th. And if things go long enough, July 21st. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore O M D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will be doing a mailbag episode. I want you guys, my listeners, to drive this episode as much as we can. Um, I know 5 o'clock is maybe a little bit of of a, a weird time, but I'm hoping that you guys have some some questions that you need answered, some, some issues that you want resolved as we look ahead to the 2024 season and look ahead to what should be a really, really exciting season. I'm here for you guys. Um, I'm planning to stay uh, for as long as an hour, but I'll stay as long as there are questions to be asked. Um, and try and hit some of the big issues that I think are going to be very salient as now we look way off into the future into October and the beginning of the Orlando Magic season. Before we get to any of that, though, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day, whether you're listening to us live, watching the replay, or listening to us on the audio version of the podcast. We truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked on podcast covering every single team in the NBA, to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. As people continue to filter into the room, and I know it's still kind of early and I had a little bit of a delay, so I apologize for that. Um, I just want to kind of start with just kind of the basic overview of this upcoming season and, and the basic overview of what I think we are expecting this season to be. Uh, this season is going to be a fun one. Let's just let's just lay it out there. And I apologize, it is storming outside as I'm, I'm recording this, so you may hear some cracks of thunder as, as we get going here. Um, but this season is going to be a fun one. I, I cannot remember really any season I think people have been more excited about since Dwight Howard's departure. You know, obviously the 2010 season was really, really exciting. And, you know, the, 2000, the 2001 season after the free agency signings were really exciting. But the way this, and you know, obviously shock and all that, all that stuff, but it's been a while since there's been this much optimism and this much excitement for what the magic can be and what the magic can become. Um, it is, it's going to be a lot of fun. And honestly, like I see some people obsessing over results and obsessing over where the team might finish. You know, well, I'll maybe touch on that a little bit. But I, I really, I feel like, what we need to do and what we need to really focus on this season is that journey. I'm a big believer that the NBA is about the journey and not the destination. There's one team that wins the title. We can typically pick out who those three or four, maybe five teams are that could win a championship. Um, 
uh, that can win a championship um, are pretty early on in the in the process. You know, certainly, you know, we could probably do some of that uh, here today. You know, Denver, the Lakers, Phoenix. Uh, I keep the Warriors in there for now. Um, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami, Boston. Like we know, it's a big group this year. Um, but we know who's going to win the title. But this season, as always, isn't really about this season. Uh, it is about this season. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this is still a long-term rebuilding p- p- picture, a long-term rebuilding project. And what the Magic are going to try and accomplish this year, what the Magic are going to try and do this year, is grow their roster naturally. Take that all-important next step. Take that all-important step forward for this team uh, and, and, and to do what this team is capable of doing and be who this team is capable of being. And obviously, the, the mission the mission statement from the Orlando Magic has been fairly clear at this point. Um, the mission statement has been, we are going to level up. We're going to take that next step. We're going to play better basketball, whatever buzzword you want to use. And obviously, um, obviously, kind of what comes next then, or, 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 or what, where you level up next from where the Magic were last year, is, is the play-in tournament, is playing postseason basketball, is being part of the bigger narrative and bigger story of the season. And while I think Magic management has done a very good job avoiding saying the P word and avoiding saying, um, uh, saying, you know, or putting limits on this team or saying we, this team will do X and if they don't do X, it's a failure. Because I think there are multiple outcomes for the season. I, I don't think it is a postseason or bust season. I think this season, ultimately, like what management wants to see, what Jeff Weltman and, and, and Anthony Parker want to see, is they want to be able to say, okay, this is what we need to take our next steps. This, this is these are the pieces that are going to be part of this group. This is these are the pieces. That, wow, it's really stormy outside. Um, it, it, this is these are the pieces that are going to be part of this group. Um, this is these are the pieces that may not be part of this group. That may not be part of this team's future. And, and that's really, I think, what the core of this season is really about. It's figuring out who belongs, who doesn't, who's going to be part of this team's future, and who's not. Like, plain and simple, that's the story of the season. That is the story of who the Magic are trying to be and what the Magic are trying to do. So, as much as I think, and, and look, all this is part and parcel. Making the postseason, winning games, making the playoffs is a product of the growth that's ultimately going to be the judge of what the season is. Um, I would say that Jeff Weltman and his group are not... It is really storming outside. I apologize if you could hear that thunder. Um, the, the Jeff Weltman and his group are not necessarily focused on a win total or focused on an end result. Um, they are focused on... Is this team getting better? Is this team progressing along the line that they want to be progressing? Um, And what does that look like? And what does this team look like when they need to win? Now, obviously, the more they win, the more they they do good things, the more they advance up the standings and, and through the playoffs, the more they do those things the easier it's going to be able to say, okay, this is the piece we need. You know, if they if they look at their team, they lose in the playoffs, you can, the playoffs tell you exactly what you need to do. It, it lose, like the playoffs reveal your every weakness. Um, so I'm not say, sitting here saying that, you know, the playoffs aren't a good thing. Playoffs are a very, very good thing and it's certainly a sign that the team has done the things that they need to do. But I, I still think the Magic are, 
at least the front office, the players certainly would want our results driven. I think the front office is still not in that playoff or bust mentality. Certainly the way that they acted this offseason would suggest that they're they're will, they're willing to kind of let guys develop and grow. Um, what Where I think this front office is, is I think this front office believes that they should be seeing internal growth, seeing this team develop and, and build to that next phase, to that next stage. So that's, you know, I, I know I did the episode on kind of the mission statement for the Orlando Magic. That's kind of the mission statement. Uh, it, it truly is to get better, but it's really to discover where the holes are in this team's rebuild, in this team's uh, in this team's kind of uh, a group, and, and then figure out how do we fill those holes so we can get make the most of the guys that we have. That's kind of my intro to the 2024 season. That's that's really what I'm watching for and what I'm thinking about as I get ready for the 2024 season. I want to know what you guys are wondering. We've got a few questions already in the chat. I will go through some of those questions. I promise this is going to be very, very you-driven here. Um, but before we do that, I want to say a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. If I can get the right thing loaded here. There we go. First, so a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. At FanDuel. That's right. Just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. And visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Uh, I want to thank... All of you, once again, for joining us for today's live show. If I can get the right thing loaded here. Oh, there we go. Uh, I want to thank all of you again for joining today's live show. For those of you who are able to join um, live, I really appreciate it. For those who are not, don't worry. We're going to hopefully do uh, some of these, uh, some more of these in, in the future. So I really appreciate you joining. I want to make this show about you. I want to make this show about what your questions are. So let's dive into some of the mailbag, some of the questions that are here in the mailbag in the comments. Um, Creepy Paper uh, asked, who do y'all think is going to be the starting guards in two years? I'm hyped for AB personally. And, you know, I think that that's actually a really good question. Honestly, it's a question. There there are just so many possibilities for what's going to happen that I think it's really difficult to, like, say definitively definitively, um, who is going to be the starter in two years and and, and what that's going to look like. Um, Anthony, you know, like, Anthony Black's going to be really good. Obviously, the Magic invested very heavily in him. The The guard question is going to be like the big question of the offseason. If there's a place, you know, I've often told people that, you know, it, 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 you know it's, it is really storming outside. So let me use my favorite storm analogy. Um, the difference between a storm warning and a storm watch is told by tacos. When you have all the ingredients for taco, that is a storm warning. That is a taco warning. When you are actually eating tacos, that is a taco watch. We are in a trade warning. The conditions for the Magic to make a trade are very, very present. Um, and I think that's really important. Jay Will asking uh, about trade candidates. I'll get to that in a minute then um, since we're on that topic. The guard situation on this team is a good one. 
Like last year, the Magic went five and twenty because they lost all their point guards. <laughs> like Jalen Suggs was out, Markel Fultz was out, Cole Anthony was out. Um, they that's why they went five and twenty. They had to run Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner as their starting point guards. And look, that experience was really good for them. I think that's all. You know, no matter what else, I think that's ultimately going to be a positive for them uh, in the long run. But at the end of the day. They needed ball. They needed like guys who knew how to manage a game. They needed guys who could defend the quicker guards in the league. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony really helped this team tremendously. Jalen Suggs also really helped this team tremendously. So there's obviously this this big logjam now. You got Markel Fultz, you got Cole Anthony, you got Jalen Suggs, you got Anthony Black. All four of them can handle the ball. Plus you've got Gary Harris as a shooting guard. You got Jet Howard who could play some two. The Magic are really loaded at guard. And look, this Magic team does not believe in positions. Um, they can tell us that they don't all they want. This Magic team does not believe in positions. This Magic team believes in position uh, in a nearly positionless basketball. They're big believers in not only positional versatility, but skill versatility. Um, those are two big. Those are two big things. And and, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about skill versatility next week. But essentially, skill versatility. The way I it's a term that I've created. I don't think anyone else is using it. Um, skill versatility to me is having guards who can, um, or having players who do things that are unique to their size, to their to to what you would expect a player of their skill level to do. So like Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner as playmakers at six foot ten, there are not a lot of guys that can do that. And so Anthony Black is going to fit into this line, into this lineup. He's going to play some three. He's going to play all over the court. The Magic are going to put him everywhere they can put him. But if you're asking me. Who's going to start at guard in two years? That question is undefined because Marco Fultz has to prove that he can be the team's starting point guard this year. I think he can. I'm not. I know there's everyone who's very very excited about Marco Fultz, and they should be, uh, should be, Mar- should should say Marco Fultz. Um, but uh, but Marco Fultz has to prove it. He has to be healthy this year. He has to make it through the year healthy. We got to get to the playoffs and see if he can hold his own in the playoffs and like. You know, I, I, I want to say, I like, again, the season to me is about figuring out what the Magic have, how it can develop, how they can build it together, and, and whether it actually works or not. And honestly, like, playing meaningful games, playing in the playoffs, playing in the playing tournament, having success, having failures, that's going to teach this team exactly what it needs to be. So, you know, I like Markel Fultz a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty on record. I have the same questions about Wendell Carter. I like these two players a lot. But they gotta prove themselves in meaningful minutes. So, you know, I'm 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 hitting I'm I'm dancing around the subject for sure. I, I, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna uh, uh, avoid your question here, creepy. Um, who's gonna start be starting guard in two years? Honestly, I think one of them's not on the roster yet. Um, I do think Cole Anthony is probably gonna be relegated to being a sixth man for most of his career. Um, I, I I don't think that part is necessarily going to change. And I think that's just kind of who he is. Um, I think that Jalen Suggs has a real chance to, to, to get there if his shooting continues to improve. But that's a big question mark. Um, I, honestly, I, I, as much as I think Markel Fultz is, in, is, is entrenched as this team's point guard, I do wonder if he is the point guard for this team's future, for beyond this season. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have, I don't know the answer to that. Um, there's going to be a lot of internal competition. I think that's ultimately what's going to help sort a lot of this out. Um, and we're going to see what works and what doesn't. We're going to learn in real time 
just how good this Magic team can be because they've got the talent. We're going to learn in real time whether this is a team that's really put together. And, and like, look, again, I'm trying, I want to answer your question, obviously. Um, That's what I'm here to do. Uh, But you can see how deep into the rabbit hole you can get as, as much as this team feels like it's on the cusp of something, there's just a lot of unknowns. There's just a lot of things we don't know yet. And, and back to my earlier point, that's what this season is kind of for figuring out. Um, so let's get to some other let's get to some other comments here. We'll stay on the kind of guard question here. Uh, Jay Cross says, hard to say, but AB has a more realistic path to become a sh- becoming a shooter than Fultz, and that's important because Paolo and Franz need the ball in their hands. Fultz still important to this team short term though. Hope they extend him on team friendly deal. And I think that is actually a really good really good point. Um, uh, uh, something, you know, the Fultz conversation is going to be really interesting. I, if you would have told me before the draft, I would have said the Magic are going to re-up Fultz. Not a big problem. Not not second-guessing it. Drafting Anthony Black makes me think like, you know, maybe they don't quite get the deal done before the deadline. But um, I really do think with both Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, even though it creates a logjam, even though it maybe clogs your books up a little bit, what I think the Magic need to do is make sure they have the salary slots to make trades. Uh, kind of, again, back to this bigger question about what are the Magic going to look like uh, in two years, necessarily. Um, these bigger questions, you know, these bigger questions get solved by trades. Um, you know, John Hollinger of The Athletic did a great article um, kind of breaking down how the teams with cap room ended up not being players. And, and you look at the league now, the teams that have cap room tend to be the bad teams. Um, this year, Indiana Orlando were quasi-exceptions to that rule. Indiana ended up using their cap room to sign Bruce Brown, which I think was a really good signing. Um, Orlando ended up using their cap room just to sign Joe Ingles um, that, and, and bump Mo Wagner's contract up a little bit, but they kept their flexibility. And ultimately, like what I think the, the goal is now for teams that are looking to make that next big move, these stars, especially the super-duper stars, are really smart. They know they make their most money when they re-sign with their teams and now, and now they all know they can force a trade out. Like Damian Lillard has, what, three years left on his deal and he's forced, he's forcing his way out of Portland. Bradley Beal signed a fresh extension. And, you know, I don't think he forced his way out of Washington, but you're able to make trades for star players. There are going to be teams motivated to get star players still in this league. Second apron, be damned. Um... This this is how you do this is how you do business in the league now. If you're going to go after a star player, if you're going to combine player, if you're going to combine assets to get star players, you need the salary slots to do it. So I expect the Magic to re-sign Markel Fultz. I I believe they will try to get Cole Anthony, and it's going to be the same deal. It's going to be really team friendly deals. They might be front loaded contracts because those are easier to move. To me, like. Honestly, to me, Jonathan Isaac is the most valuable contract at the trade deadline, regardless of whether he plays or not. He could he could stub his toe. I don't want to say stub his toe because we've been through that. He could sprain his ankle, play 25 games for the trade deadline. Jonathan Isaac's $17 million could be really valuable. If there's a team out there that's near that second apron or near the luxury tax line that wants to get under it, that doesn't want to pay the tax on their team, the Magic could easily say, here is $17 million that you can waive at the end of the season and it's off your books. That's $17 million free dollars to use in a trade. 
that stuff is really, really important. So I definitely keep an eye on that. But back to the Anthony Black question, because I don't want to, I don't want to overlook Anthony Black here. Um, Anthony Black was really impressive at Summer League. Um, like I, I really loved him, and, and I agree with you that you know Black has a lot of things going for him that I think will work really well with Paolo and Franz. Um, the shooting's got to come. Uh, I think his shooting is rough to say the least. Um, that's that that's that's a friendly way of putting it. Um, it's rough, but I I really like the way that he controls the pace of the game. I'm planning on doing a video on my Patreon. Uh, on the Magic's ability to get up and down the court a little bit more. Uh, and, and one thing I really was impressed with with Black at Summer League and reason why I think he is very much a part of this team's future is his ability to control the pace of the game, to, to speed up and slow down, to get the ball up the court quickly. He was completely unbothered by pressure and certainly his size helps with that. Um, this, this kid is really smart. He's a really, really smart basketball player. If he can even get just a respectable shot... Um, that's going to go a long way for him because he's going to make really smart plays and, and be a, a really, really, really strong defender. So um, I really, really, I, I really, really do like um, Anthony Black, and I really love what I saw from him in summer league. There are obviously still questions, but but plenty to get to. Let's, uh, let's go on to Jay Cross's next question then. Uh, Jay Cross asks, and I'm sorry, I'm going to catch up on these comments here in a minute. Um, Jay Cross asks, you think keeping Goga is underrated? Our defensive rebounding was terrible last year. Um, I do think keeping Goga Batadze was a bit underrated. Um, I really liked his time in Orlando. Um, personally, when I entered this offseason, I felt like the team could only keep one of Goga Batadze and Mo Wagner. I felt like um, I felt like having both was a bit of a luxury, or was betting a little bit too much on guys who've just been, frankly, a little inconsistent throughout their careers. Um, you know, you know what you're getting in Mo Wagner. You know what you're getting in Goga Batadze at this point. Um, but I do think it's telling that a Goga Batadze was getting a lot of those backup center minutes at the end of last season. That the Magic valued his defense, and his defense was really good. I think. I think as far as on court defensive rating. Only Jonathan Isaac had a better on-court defensive rating than Goga Batadze. The Magic's defense was really good when Batadze was on the floor. Um, he is a solid rim paint protector. I don't want to say rim protector. He's a solid paint protector. He can block some shots. Um, his rebounding was really solid. And, and it's funny you mentioned the rebounding because rebounding is actually something I am concerned about. Orlando did finish 7th in the league, or 7th or 8th in the league last year in defensive rebound rate. They, ever, they, they grabbed about 73% of their defensive rebounds. However, those 27, that 27% of offensive rebounds they gave up, they gave up a lot of second chance points. So statistically, the Magic aren't a terrible rebounding team. But your eye test is correct. I do think the Magic do have a rebounding problem. And when you look at this roster, Wendell Carter is a solid rebounder. I think the plantar fascia injury was really slowing him down more than he probably led on and more than, more than anyone else probably led on. Uh, 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 led on. He certainly will not say that it slowed him down, but I think we could all see it did. He averaged only eight rebounds per game. Paolo was at around six rebounds per game. For, you know, Cole Anthony was third on the team in rebounds per game. Um, and I do joke that Cole Anthony and Anthony Black will be the best backcourt rebounding duo in the entire league. I do expect them to play a lot of minutes together. That's probably not healthy, though, if your two guards are your best rebounders. Um, 
I think if there's one area that Franz especially needs to improve on, but I think Paolo needs to improve on too, they both need to become better rebounders. If the Magic are going to play a more aggressive defensive style, if they're going to try and throw bodies at, at ball handlers and use Wendell Carter's mobility uh, and keep them away from the basket, that means these guys need to rebound more. So I do agree that adding Goga Vitadze, a kind of more hard-nosed defensive player, I think that's that's a big boost. Uh, like I, I know I was big on this in the offseason. I really wanted the Magic to... Um, I really wanted the Magic to have a... Uh, uh, to, to, to find a backup center to kind of hold them together and hold things steady. Um, they didn't do that. They ended up just keeping the guys that they had. And, you know, I think it can work. I'm still a little bit afraid of the games that Wendell Carter is going to have to miss. Um, he's never played more than 62 games in any season of his career. Um, so you have, to, you have to bet on him missing, you know, on an optimistic level 15 games a year. That's, that's nearly a quarter of the season. Um, I do think Batadze is an interesting player. I do think the Magic got a lot out of him, gave him a lot of confidence. You know, we'll, we'll see if he's expanded his game. He's shown little hints of being able to shoot from the outside. Um, but I, I, I do really, really, really like... I do really like keeping Goga. Honestly, if, if it was you could only keep one of Goga or Mo, and this is no disrespect to Mo, I do like Mo, I think I would have kept Goga over Mo just because uh, of that defensive ability. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look at some other questions. Um... Sports Fellowship uh, commenting, when I was out in Vegas, what I heard was Suggs was in the gym shooting nonstop, coaching his AU team, and getting cut in the gym. Um, we all saw the, I hope we all saw the video from him at that Minneapolis Pro, or that Minnesota Pro, I don't know if it was in Minneapolis, but um, he did He did do a Pro-Am uh, over the weekend or Monday. Uh, it was either over the weekend or Monday. I don't know what day it was. Um, he did do a Pro-Am, and he did, uh, he did, um, what was it called? Uh, the, there's great highlight video, great great highlight mixtape. Paige Beckers was his coach. All good fun. Um, Jalen looks good. Uh, you know, like for whatever those highlights are worth, and they're not worth a lot. Um, no offense. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll probably see Paolo in the crossover this weekend. Uh, so we'll, we'll, you know, Paolo looks cut. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. But um, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to make. You know, like. If, if Jalen Suggs can make the shooting that he had after the All-Star break, he shot 36% from beyond the arc after the All-Star break. If he can make that permanent, he becomes a very different player. If he can reduce his turnovers and be more composed on drives, he becomes a very different player. Um, we're going to need to see it before we commit to it. Just, just plain and simple. We need to see it. We need to see it work. We need to see him on the floor outside of these pro-ams. But yeah, no, I, I have no doubt Jalen Suggs does the work. That dude, that dude is a worker. The Magic do nothing but draft workers. That guy, that guy is going to be going to be good. And, and as you know, Molly would talk uh, talk says uh, in the comments as well. And I'm sure some of you are also um, commenting. Suggs will be our starting two. Um, this has been a big question that I get a lot: is who's going to start at shooting guard? You know, we all assume it's Mark Markel Fultz starting at point guard, Franz and Paolo at forward, Wendell at center. Um, that starting two guard spot is very very open, and I've kind of told everyone that I talked to about it is I have Gary Harris penciled in there. He's the veteran. He's a great shooter. You know, not going to demand the ball. Not going to, not going to, you know, he's going to stay out of everyone's way and, and spread the floor for them. I do think it is an open competition. I do think it is a quietly open competition though. If Jalen Suggs looks like he has made that leap and has made a decision-making leap, I think Jalen Suggs very easily could start it at the two and the Magic could be very comfortable with him starting at the two. If you look at the numbers, the Magic were great with Gary Harrison in the starting lineup. The Magic starting lineup had a positive net rating at the end at the end of the season. Um, you know, for a team that is as far under 500 as they are, 
that's a pretty good sign of, that things are working. With Jalen Suggs in instead of Gary Harris, their defensive rating drops from a very good, I think it's like 108, which is very, very good, down to like 102. Now, they can't score, but but it's still a relatively positive net rating. The offense was at least somewhat similar, but the defense just becomes so much better. And, and Suggs' defensive potential is still is still like the big thing. It's still like such a big deal. Um and I, I I don't think you can you can over overlook that part. Um, Hank Pank asks in the comments here, what do you see? What role do you see Jet Howard having in his rookie season? So when it comes to rookies, I'm a very very big believer. You keep things simple. You 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 kind of especially the start of the year, you have them have this very narrowly tailored role, this very narrowly tailored idea, and you expand from there. Um, if that makes sense. So you start simple and you get more expansive and, and you grow from there. Um, I think that is, that's, that's how you handle rookies. And, and, and once they accomplish one goal, you know, one role, they once they master one role, then you slowly start to expand. And, and obviously like injuries may change some things, but essentially what I want to see from Jet Howard this rookie season is just be a good shooter. Like the defense, you know, be, be attentive defensively, be energetic defensively. I think the Magic ultimately want him to become what Terrence Ross was for the 2000 for the 2019 team, um, where they could just inject him into a game. He could hit three or four threes, completely change things things over. Right now, like his success in this league um, is based on his ability to shoot. If he makes shots, he's going to be a success. If he misses shots, if he can't shoot consistently, if he can't warp defenses, it's going to be a long road for him because, you know, what are his other NBA skills? Like, Anthony Black can be a great defender and a great playmaker. Um, that's what's going to get him and keep him in the NBA. And, and, you know, similar to Jed Howard, what I expect from Anthony Black is I expect the Magic are going to say, hey, we're going to throw you in there. Be energetic defensively. Be on the ball, be on the ball defensively. We're going to give you limited point guard duties, but your role on this team, be a defensive stopper. Be, be a defensive, like, wild card. We're just going to... You know, throw you in there and watch you just cause damage. Um, that's you know, that's that's kind of what I see from Anthony Black and Jet Howard's the same way on offense. We're gonna drop you in there and you're just gonna cause havoc offensively, warp defenses with your shooting, just keep things really, really simple, and then as you master that role, we grow and expand. Um certainly Anthony Black has more, I think, uh expansion at the at that at that spot than maybe uh uh, Jed Howard would, because Jed Howard's role and, and what I think we envision for him is maybe a little bit more simplistic, unless he just suddenly looks like he can make passes off the dribble and, and attack off the bounce, which Summer League, I, I'm glad that he explored it. I'm glad that he tried it, um, but it, it, it's it's not there yet. It's not NBA ready ready yet. Um, you know, I'm not expecting Anthony Black to come in and take 12, 13, 14, 15 shots per game. I want him shooting five, six, seven, eight shots. I, I want him to be aggressive, but his role is set others up Make the smart, simple pass. Defend like a maniac. Like be Jalen. Like lineups with him and, and lineups with Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, and Jonathan Isaac. Nobody should score on those lineups. Like no one should score on those lineups. And and, and that's 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 kind of what I want to see.
We want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. This is part one of our live episode. You can see the full thing actually up now on our YouTube page. Just search for Locked on Magic. You should be subscribed to that. Anyway, I think it's youtube.com slash at sign Locked on Magic. Um, but check it out there. You can get the second half. We'll have the second half of the audio portion on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic on the feed. I, I may post that a, a little bit on the earlier side on Thursday. Uh, since I'm getting this out pretty early on Wednesday as well. Um, But we'll have plenty more questions coming to you in the back half of this episode. We'll talk about rotation decisions. We'll talk about the goals for Jamal Mosley. We'll talk about movies. We got a lot coming up here on the rest of our live show, but we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you download podcasts, whether it's uh, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you download podcasts. To your podcast enable listening device. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Philip underscore MD. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you download podcasts. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Again, the second half of this podcast is currently available on our YouTube page. We'll have the second half of it for you on tom- uh, for you tomorrow on this Locked On Magic podcast feed. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.